The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Today is our second Sunday in our series called More Than Conquerors, and it's a series on the book of Romans, and our scripture for this morning is from Romans chapter 7, and this is what the Apostle Paul writes for us. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Today, I want to preach a sermon that I think is absolutely important for us, for, for Christians living in 2020. I want to take what the Apostle Paul gives us today, and with this sermon, I want to define spiritual warfare. I want to define it because the reality and the significance of spiritual battle that we're going to, of that spiritual battle, it's one that's actually not really well often understood. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to define it, and, and we're going to do it in two ways. First, we're going to look at the origin of this spiritual warfare, and then we're going to look at deliverance from this spiritual warfare. So first, origin, then deliverance. And my prayer is that this sermon today has one theme, one theme that we say with joy in the midst of spiritual warfare, rescue. Now, I don't think that there's anyone here today or anyone online that will debate at all that the Christian life is a constant spiritual battle. I mean, we know that our hearts have been united in a new life, bought and won for us, through Jesus, our Lord. But what we have to say about this new life is that it's filled with spiritual warfare. And the Apostle Paul is pretty clear about that. In fact, he's actually really transparent with us today when he says, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. You see, the Apostle Paul does two things here. 
He confirms the truth that the Christian life is filled with spiritual warfare, but he doesn't stop there. He actually gives us the origin. He tells us exactly where this battle ultimately begins. He says, it is sin living in me. The spiritual battle that the Christian faces daily has its origin in original sin. That's where it begins. Now, my siblings might debate the accuracy of what I'm about to tell you, but I want you to know that it's true for me. So let's just hold on to that. My mom says that out of the four of us, I was the good child. And um, whenever we're actually like pulling out the old photos and when we're having conversations about when we were kids, she says that I was the one who was quiet. I was always by her side and I'd listen to everything she says. But here's the thing. I love the fact that my mom remembers my good days, but I don't remember that person. I remember a little boy who was completely different. A little boy who was selfish. A little boy who somehow always would find his way into trouble. A kid who now stands in front of you today as a vicar. And he knows that he's got to be honest. He's got to be transparent, just like Paul was. And i got to tell you that I'm a saint and I'm a sinner. That I wake up in the mornings, showered in the waters of my baptism, but when I go to sleep, I'm restless. Because I lay there and I, I think about everything that I wanted to do that day and how I failed. I want you to imagine with me that we're watching the Apostle Paul write this section of Romans chapter 7 to the, to the Romans. We're standing there in his room on in the evening of like a spring day in Corinth, right? And there's Paul. He's sitting there before bed, and he's about to write about this struggle that he's going through, and his heart is heavy. And we can see it. We really can. We can see the frustration and the pain and now he starts writing, and as he starts, he doesn't struggle to find the words. Not at all, but he knows exactly how to say it. I don't understand what I do. I, I don't approve of it. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, obviously. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin, it's sin living in me. And then he pauses because it's at this moment when he can remember King David's words as he was sobbing on his knees. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Where does a man like this find rest? Some scholars say that, that what Paul was going through here, it was before he was a Christian. They say that Paul must have been sharing moments of his life when he was an unbeliever, but Paul proves them wrong in three ways. First, he's already written about the moments when he was an unbeliever in chapters 1 to 3. Second, it's very obvious that he's writing about the Christian life here today. And third, 
this kind of conflict, this kind of turmoil that a person is going through, it's not typical of the unbeliever. But it resembles the life of a Christian. You see, this is what our lives look like. And even though we might not be able to put it into words, the Apostle Paul does that for us today. He clearly shows us that our life is a spiritual battle. There's this constant struggle with sin. And there's this part of us inside, this new person who's constantly waging war against the sinful nature, against who we are by nature, sinful human beings. And we know exactly what that looks like, right? We have the desire to do what is good, but we can't carry it out. These are hard times. As Christians, we are struggling. I mean, there are days where I'm ready to fall on my knees like Paul and King David and say the exact same thing. Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. As Christians, we're struggling to have, to maintain a mindset that delights in God's law and that trusts in His promises. But the sin that's living in me, it says that His Word can't help me. That, that His promises, they're not coming true today. We struggle because our minds at times are getting caught up in the chaos of this world. And we want to delight in the promises that God has given us. But we fall short. Our minds think about how loving and patient Jesus was at all times, right? And we want to imitate that love. We want to live that life seeing Him as our example. But it doesn't take long for us to push God and the work of the church off to the side. Not much time passes on the clock before we've ruined the reputation of the people that we work with, the people that we call our neighbors. At times it cuts a little deeper though for us, doesn't it? It's those same lustful thoughts. It's, it's this corrupt desire to watch others fail. It's the fact that we had a bad day. And even though everyone around us, family and friends, they want to help, right? They do. But we had a bad day. And so we're going to let them know about our bad day. In fact, we're going to make sure that their day cannot and will not be any better than ours. And so we lash out. And then we're disgusted with ourselves. Because this that we did, we did not want to do. But what we hate, we do. And we just keep on doing it. And it's frustrating, isn't it? I mean, inside of us, there's this burning desire to be more like Jesus. But instead, we, we, we seem more like a broken prisoner of war that just wants to be rescued. This is why I think this sermon today, this text, 
is so important for Christians living in 2020. Because Satan and our sinful flesh, they want us to believe that we can find rest, that we can rescue ourselves on our own, apart from anything else. And the world, it reaffirms that lie. I mean, there are so many articles and books that try to cure that problem with like a five-step approach, a five-step plan to a better life. But at the end of it, we're still left crying, sobbing on our knees, saying the exact same words of pain. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And today Paul points us to the one person that can and that has rescued us, that has delivered us from this warfare. Thanks be to God who rescues me through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Look at Jesus. Listen to him as he gasps out words like, Father, forgive them as men sit on his chest and they pound nails into his wrist, hear his voice when he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus saw the horrible nature that we struggle with daily, and he sacrificed himself to it. He, re he redeemed us with his blood, and he's forgiven us. And each day he sees our broken hearts, and he shines his light inside of them. He sees the struggle that we're going with. He sees us as we are, and he loves us. And he makes his home within our hearts. So run to Jesus. Run to him and dump all the guilt there. Run to him and collapse in the deliverance that he's won for us. And then just simply say in joy and in relief, thanks be to God, Thanks be to God, because through Jesus, I've been rescued. Never stop running. Because the truth is, is that the, the, the struggle is constant. It is. It'll be frustrating, maybe even exhausting, because we're in a spiritual battle, and we're going to be in this spiritual battle until we reach our home in heaven. But don't despair. Run to Jesus and never stop running to him. Know that you have been rescued. He rescued us not for us to live in chains again, but he rescued us so that we might be free. Free to be moms and dads. Free to enjoy a meal. Free to listen and to laugh and to smile. Free to bring his joy and his love to this world. When we wake up in the morning, we shower ourselves in the waters of our baptism, just like we saw last week. And then we pray. We pray for his strength throughout the day, and then we get after it, don't we? We just go. And then when we come home and we lay down at night to go to sleep, we rest. We rest in his deliverance. Find rest in Jesus. Know that you've been rescued. Know that we've been rescued. 
and know that he lives his life as a perfect example for us. He lives to be our rescue. He lives to be the love and joy that shines in our hearts and that we share with those around us. Thanks be to God who delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.